The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk Podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio, produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. There's a silent epidemic destroying families. It's called parental alienation. When a parent viciously turns their child against the other parent, over 22 million families are going through it, including ours. This is really personal to us. I'm an erased aunt. You're an erased cousin. Whoa. For the first time, legendary music producer Teddy Riley reveals why he hasn't seen his son in three years. What's going on with your son now? Listen. She didn't speak to her father for nearly a decade. It was always, he's not good for you. He's selfish. He abandoned you. Now they're at the table. She sent a message that said, you're nothing to me. Don't ever reach out to me. Together. What made you give away your parental rights? I abandoned my kids. We actually have your ex-wife who's agreed to join our conversation. I need to step out. I can't. A wake-up call for parents everywhere. Learn from our mistakes. Here we are. Here we go. Back at the table. <laughs> yes, I'm tipping around in these pads. I know. Red bottoms. <laughs> well, I'm just making sure you are right. Ciao. <laughs> this is going to be a really interesting table today. Yeah. There's a silent epidemic ripping families apart. It's called parental alienation. When a parent viciously turns their child against the other parent, whether you are familiar with the term or not, 
chances are you or someone you know is going through it. I know so many people that are going through it right now and it is terrible. We've had to deal with it in in our family. family. And this person made a decision that she didn't want her child to be a part of our family. And it it was devastating. And we don't even know why. We don't even know what happened. Yeah. I think what people don't realize is that when you make the decision to alienate one of the parents, Typically, you're going to alienate the whole Whole family. family. Wow. I'm an erased aunt. You're an erased cousin. Mm -hmm. There's erased grandparents. But the whole family suffers, including the child, because now the child doesn't know their family. family, Yeah. You know, I just had an intense therapy session and I called you last weekend Mm -hmm. and I was like, why did you let me still... (laughs) with my father, right? Considering like he was not well, you know what I mean? Right. He never paid a day of child support. Wow. Really, Kim? In this circumstance, he didn't have anything. There wasn't anything for him to give. So what are you going to go to court and battle for? Right. The unwellness was an addiction. Mm -hmm. And I just also figured like at some point in time, if he got himself together, it, it should be Jada's decision what relationship she had mm-hmm. with her father. I didn't want to bog her down with all of our nonsense. Totally. But I give you props, Gan, because it's hard. It it's hard, hard not to. I feel like if I had experienced some of the stuff that you experienced with my mom's dad, mm-hmm. I would be thinking, is it best for the kid to be around a person who would do this? Well, but Jada's dad was not a bad guy. He, he was bad with me. Yeah, he was bad with me. <laughs> You know, we we were bad with each other, but he was not a bad person. Right. Yeah, that's a good differentiation. I was never concerned about her safety with him. Yeah. I kind of was like questioning sometimes all of his decisions. decisions (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Was I watching rated R movies at six? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Not life threatening. It's not life threatening. And you didn't get hurt. Yeah. So, legendary music producer Teddy Riley went public with a very personal, heartbreaking situation. This is the first time he is speaking out. Two-time Grammy winner Teddy Riley is a powerhouse of American music. His group Blackstreet made some of the most iconic hits of the 90s. But his proudest accomplishment is his nine children. Three years ago, his relationship with his youngest son, Michael, took a devastating turn. He recently posted a heartbreaking caption on Instagram. This is probably one of the saddest days of my life. It's my baby son's birthday today, and I haven't seen him in three years plus. Hey! Yes, yes. How are you doing? Finally to meet you. How are you? <laughs> Oh, wow. It's amazing. So can you tell us what's going on with your son, Michael? You know, I just did the post on his birthday. Right. And then so many people were posting it. I was like, wow. Yeah, I think because, you know, Teddy, so many people are dealing with... Yeah, so many people can relate. Yeah, can relate to this. I'm just hearing from so many different people and told me that his mom's goal is to keep him away from me. And it really hurts, you know, because... um. Here's someone I wanted to marry, and I gave everything to. I'm the first to hold my son 
we had a home birth. Wow. And we had this bond that was just so amazing. I mean, all my sons, we all have a bond, but Michael was like, wow. How old is Michael? Now he's nine. You know, my father, I didn't meet until I was nine. Right. My biological father. I said to myself that I'll never want to be like my dad. I have to change the narrative mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. be in all my kids' lives. Around 2005, I took off about five years. Got it. No music, no nothing. Yeah. And we moved to Atlanta and we spent the most amazing time together. You and the kids? Or? Yeah, me and my wow. kids. I was a single dad. A couple of my kids just came and moved in. Oh, wow. Yeah. You have such a great relationship with your other children. Mm -hmm. How do you think Michael might be feeling? Because if he doesn't have contact with you, does he have contact, contact with, with his, his other siblings. brothers? No, yeah. she, See? Yeah. she doesn't want him part of any of our lives. When I talked to a friend of hers, she said, you really need to try and see your son because his yeah. mom is not really handling him, right? And she's really trying to keep him away from you. And you probably need to do something about it. Do you talk to Michael at all? Do you have any contact with him at all? I used to. I bought him an iPad. It was our communication. We were playing, you know, the yeah. um, iPhone games yeah. and right. that all stopped. Yeah. The last picture I've seen of Michael, I didn't know he started wearing glasses. So is his mom not allowing him to communicate with you? Was there a court order? Like No, there's no court order. We have a co-parenting contract and I lived to that contract. Okay. So what is the contract? Break that down for us. Is this a, that's what I want to do. Okay. Break down the contract I, for us. Well, it's one-sided Oh. Okay. because in the contract, I let her have the physical custody. Okay. And I did not read that because I just said, you do it, you handle it because she actually worked for my accountant. She right. knew everything. Now it's a co-parenting contract where I pay this much and I'll show you statements. Right. That much. And then she said, once he gets in first grade mm -hmm. in the contract, it goes down half. Got it. So you two came upon this agreement without mm. getting the, the court involved. There you go. When it went down half, she went to court. She wanted to get past the contract Got and it. just went straight for the gusto. So this is about child support. Right. Now. So she doesn't want you to see Michael because of a child support exactly. discrepancy. So you're basically saying, I'm not going to be bullied. No. Right. That's right. You're basically yeah. saying, I'm not going to be manipulated. Mm -hmm. Right. It'll be kind of hard for people to hear that you're not paying child support, right? And all my children, I have a trust. That trust, he's straight. Right. And when he comes on this side, right. trust, he'll be just like them. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. But as long as she is doing what she's doing, my trustees are not doing anything. Mm -hmm. I don't like conflict. Right. Let's work it out. Yeah. Right. I don't like arguing. That's been my walk all my life because I've seen so much with my mother and my father fighting. Yeah. That I was like, I'll never be like that to any woman. So, Teddy, let me ask you, if you just went down her path, paid the child support, do you think you would be able to see him? No. Mm. She would still do the same thing. One thing I don't want to do is, is bash her. 
there's going to be a point where I'm going to see him because, you know, I will spend my everything mm -hmm. to see my son. So right now you're just trying to figure out how to just get your child support negotiation handled. Yeah, I'm trying to custody right. too. Yeah. I want custody. I'm going for the whole thing. What is your plan to reunite with, with Michael? When and how do you see that happening? I'm just being patient for it. That's it. Right, right. I sent him a few messages and never got no response. And it's exactly what her ex-friend said she was going to do anytime. Like he used to sneak to text me. Oh, Right. Send me a picture. Happy birthday, Dad. So do you feel like it's just yes. about money for her? All day. Hmm. Right. All day. If it was about anything else, we would have worked it out. So at some sad. point, something got to give. Right. Yeah. I'm just waiting for that point. Right. And at the end of the day, it's two sides to a story. Mm -hmm. But how's it been for you? Sometimes when I'm alone, it's like you get that anxiety. And yeah. You get that whole, like, yeah. feeling. And for me... I have to be in the dark. Mm. So I took my room, which was all white, mm -hmm. and I made it all black. Wow. Well, your daughter, Nia, and your son, TJ, wanted to come to the table and support you. How are you? you? Cool. How are you doing? Pleasure, pleasure. Nice to meet you, beautiful. Thank you. So, Nia, how does it feel to not be able to see your baby brother? brother? It feels like one of the kids are missing. There's a lot of right. us. Right. Yeah. And he's the same age as my daughter. Got I was it. there when yeah. he was born. Got I it. was at the house. So they're supposed to be best friends yeah. and they don't have that. Yeah. They used to. When they yeah. were young, it was like yeah. two they peas wouldn't do in anything. Pie. Yeah, two yeah. peas in a pot. Yep. Yeah. This is so sad to yeah. hear. I know. What about for you, TJ? It's sad because. I have kind of like a tight relationship with all my brothers. Mm -hmm. So for him not to be there, it's like somebody's missing. Oh. And none of us speak to his mom. And we were even close at one point, and I, I haven't talked to her in a very long time. So it's not even just about the fact that you don't get to see your sibling, but that mm -hmm. you were once close to his mother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had a C-section. She helped me for that month until wow. she had my brother. And then yeah. I helped her. So yeah, like we don't speak at all. No communication. Yeah. And how does that feel? Something's missing. Yeah. yeah. Once this is done, I feel like I'll be complete. Yeah, yeah. for you know? sure. There's no piece of the pie that's missing. It's right. yeah. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. 
a story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, So, Nia, what do you want to say to Precious Michael? I miss him. I love him. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. So, TJ, when was the last time you saw Michael? Three Christmases or four Christmases? Four. About four. I really hope, Teddy, that it will get resolved because would you agree that Michael's in the middle? Yes. And he's the only one losing in this? All the children are in the middle when it comes to this. And it's not fair to him. Yeah. It isn't fair. He deserves us both. He does. I really hope that you guys can come together and figure this out for Michael and for both of you. Yeah. For sure. So, Ashlyn was alienated from her father for over a decade. She says it made her hate 
half of who she is. Mm. Ashlyn's family was featured in the documentary called Erasing Family. Ashlyn's parents, Jennifer and Dizzy, went through a hostile divorce just months before she was born. Their relationship was so toxic, Jennifer got a restraining order and refused to let Dizzy see his children. Dizzy desperately tried to make his case for joint custody. Nothing I said mattered. None of the evidence I brought forward mattered. The judge wouldn't even look at it. Wow. My ex said plain and clearly that there was nothing that I could do to get to see my kids. As their bitter battle raged on, Dizzy felt he had no other choice but to give up. My ex-wife will go to any extreme in her vendetta against me. Therefore, I withdraw my petition and pray the situation will change in the future and I will become a part of my daughter's lives. Ashlyn says her mother turned her against her father. I was informed that basically he was poison to me. Wow. Yeah. Ashlyn's parents have agreed to join the table, but they requested not to be in the same room. Let me just first say that I'm sorry that you've had to go through it and that you're still in the midst of it a bit. Thank you. As a kid, what did your mom tell you about your dad? It was always, he's not good for you. He's, yeah. he's selfish. He abandoned you. Yeah. The first thing I remember, I think I was around nine, and she said, he didn't pay the child support. And I was like, who? Just, you know, your sperm donor. I was nine, so I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. It's like the first introduction to dad was, this person isn't reliable. Right. When she would say bad things about him, my first feeling was, oh my God, she's saying bad things about me. Like, because right. it's part of me, right? Wow. So I would internalize all these things. Yeah. Kids are just internalizing this conflict. Ooh, yeah. It's crazy. You start to build all these distortions in yep. your head. Yep. And like your perception starts to warp, you know, oh, I'm not worthy. Yeah. So you, as a young girl, really wrapped your self-worth into... Entirely. Wow. And believing that really your father didn't want to have anything to do with you and yeah. that he abandoned you. I totally yeah. relate to that. How else did not knowing your birth father impact your life? I started acting out. I got pretty promiscuous. Mm -hmm. I got into drugs. Right. I mean... You name it. What you're missing, you're seeking in, in others. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's mm. how it showed up for me, was this void. I remember my mom sat me down in the bedroom when I was 10, and she goes, so your father wants to reach out. And I was over the moon, because I was like, oh my God, I get to find my worth. After 10 years of being shut out of his kids' lives, Dizzy was shocked when Jennifer reached out. She said, your children want to see you. They want to be in your life. I said, how soon can you come over? God, it was such a blessing. But there were strings attached. My ex said, you know, with what they take out of your checks for child support, I know that you struggle. And um, I would like to help with that. So I have an idea. Jennifer's idea was to have her new husband, Robert, officially adopt Ashlyn and her sibling. Ashlyn's crying, I'm crying, and I've got my kid's stepdad telling me, don't worry, I'll make sure she never takes your children away from you again. Believing that promise, Dizzy signed his parental rights away in order for the adoption to go through. And the minute the papers were signed and the car doors were shut and everybody drove off, that was the last time I saw him. 
Wow. So when the whole adoption thing went through when I was 10, he was gone after that. Right. Just ripped out. And I was angry. Totally. I had so right. much resentment. I had guilt for wanting to be with my dad. And then I had anger for having the guilt. guilt. You know, yeah. it's this like horrible cycle. A couple years went by and it was just kind of this weird epiphany moment. Like, why don't you just call him? You know, why don't you just try? But I just decided, what are you going to lose? Mm -hmm. What's the worst that's going to happen? Totally. Right. So I went for it. Right. That's awesome. Good for you. I feel like that takes so much courage. Mm -hmm. So Dizzy's going to come join us at the table. Come on out, Dizzy. That was hard to listen to. Yeah, I'm sure. Did you think you would ever see them after no, that? No. The last contact we had had was she sent a <laughs> message that said, you're not my dad. Yeah. You don't know who my favorite band is. You don't Aww. know what color I like. You don't know the movies I like. You're nothing to me. Don't ever reach out to me. It was a straight up, thank you very much yeah. for your DNA contribution, but you can just... Peace out. Peace out. Yeah. And right. so when she was 14, she reached out. And so we talked four or five times. Mm -hmm. And then we got to do this, like Zoom, but it was before Zoom. It was some sort of video. Yeah. And um, we had our hands on the screen. Yeah. And know. she had written, she had written, I love you yes. on her hand. <laughs> and she's sitting there like this. And she says, Dad, no matter what, I'll see you when I'm 18. And the screen paused. And that was it. Wow. wow. Her internet got cut off. Whoa. So I didn't hear from her again for a while. Got a couple it. years. Wow. And uh, that was a rough moment. I still have the screenshot on my phone. Oh, that's, that's sweet. And that was the first moment we had seen each other. Right. Since she was... 10. 10. Ashlyn says it was her mother and stepfather who switched off the internet in the middle of that conversation with Dizzy. I got into a vicious argument and I ended up getting kicked out. She had called me and let me know that she was homeless. She was 14, and I have no legal right to drive up and pick her up. She's not my child, according to the courts. My stepdad and my mom came to pick me up. They told me that if I wanted to continue living in that house and have a happy family, that that meant I needed to cut ties with my real dad. Wow. You fast forward to four years later. That was when I was 18. I'm at work, and here she comes out bless her heart, wearing a Motley Crue shirt, one yeah. of my favorite bands. Yeah. And I just kind of stood there for a minute, tears rolling down my face. I mean, ugly crying. I, my mascara was down to my chin. Yeah, <laughs> my heart was on my chest. Like, it was just going like crazy. Yeah. It was so amazing. We're both ugly crying. Yeah. And everyone starts clapping. It was just like, I'm home. Yeah. It's just so, oh. That's man. awesome. That's and that was the one picture that got taken. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm really curious what made you sign papers to give away your parental rights. So permanent, so final, yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels. Yeah, you're looking at your child going, guess what? I'm such a SOB that I don't care anymore. Right. Or I don't want to be there for you, or I'm going to walk away from you. Yeah. It's just. It, yeah. I remember that day. Yeah. It was probably a week later that I went and started my kind of downward spiral. Alcohol, mm -hmm. yeah. women, yeah. Mm -hmm. faceless, nameless people, parties, cities, places I never belonged. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's just so interesting. Like, we get so locked in our own worlds of pain. Don't, please don't. I'm not innocent here. Right. Like, I, I was, I was a, I was a lousy husband. Right. Yeah. Listening to you talk about your yeah. father, he was not a bad man, but he was bad to me. I was a bad man to my ex-wife. Right. I was not a nice guy. Jennifer deserved better. She was a lousy wife. I deserved better. Right. But we both didn't know what yeah. we were worth. Right. Yeah. We didn't have our own worth at that time. I was 19. She was 16, 17. Right. Uh -huh. We were kids. Yeah. yeah. And yep. kids do stupid, stupid things. And we continued to do them yeah. into our adulthood. Right. Because we had gotten so accustomed to that level of toxicity between right. us. Yeah. I was a horrible husband. Right. I had no idea what it was to be a husband. Right. I mean, the first thing you got to do is stop dating. Right. But, <laughs> But I wasn't a bad dad. Yeah. You've yeah. got to love your children more than you hate your ex. Yeah. That should be put on a shirt. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Let's make shirts. Right. Bottom line. Right. Just honestly, I mean. That's so true. God, I'm sorry it didn't work out, but we have these life forms that we've made yeah. together. Well, let's co-parent. Let's, let's co-parent. Co right. You know, you know it's mean, so easy to get lost in the sauce of your own. <laughs> of oh. your own. Oh. You are telling me, girl. Yeah. I'm saying. Love. I'm right. saying. One of the hardest things, I think, that we really have to look at in any situation, there's three sides. <laughs> there's Jennifer's side, there's my mm -hmm. side, and there's the truth. Right. My side will always make me look to be better. Yeah. Right. Jennifer's side will always make her look to be better. You want the truth, put those together, look at us both like we were both idiots yeah. and we both screwed up, <laughs> and that's probably closest to the to truth. The truth. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. You know, exactly. Where do you sit now in regards to some of the guilt that you might feel? I abandoned my kid. Oh, stop it, you're going to make me grips. You yeah. don't come back from that. Mm. You don't come back from the moment you realize that you're the a-hole in the situation. Mm. That you could have fought harder. You mm -hmm. could have stood stronger. Right. But you weren't man enough. You weren't secure enough. You're human. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a dad, and it's my job to be a father. And I walked away from that responsibility. So my guilt, mm -hmm. that's mine. My. That doesn't belong to Jennifer. Mm -hmm. It doesn't belong to you. That belongs to me. Right. And that's, that's my weight to carry. Right. And I won't, I won't let it go, because it's something I need to be able to um, recognize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my guilt is mine. Well, it's beautiful that you have an opportunity now. Yeah. You know, she's sitting here right yeah, next she to is, you, you she? know? Yeah. How has it been having each other? Wiener schnitzel at 11.30. Yes. Tasty freeze ice cream yes. and chili cheese dogs. Yes. I love down, me a hot dog. Down by the river. Right. On my motorcycle on a summer's night at 11.30. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's been. Oh, that is That's so what it's been. That's fantastic. Memories. Yeah. Finding things together. <laughs> that make us who we are. She's an extraordinary person. Yeah. How did it feel to just hear your father say to you that you are an extraordinary person? Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you big sap. <laughs> <laughs>
still love you. Yeah, yeah. After reconnecting with her father, Ashlyn cut off almost all contact with her mother for eight years. I could talk to her right now. I don't even know what I would say. I would just be so happy that she's talking to me. Just over 18 months ago, Ashlyn and her mother re- I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Connected. We actually have Jennifer, your mother, your ex-wife, who's agreed to join our conversation. Dizzy, I know you said that you didn't want to I Yeah, I need, to, I need to step out. I can't. Okay, that's yeah. that works for us. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we know everyone has their side of the story. And you were just talking about the fact that yeah. you were alienated from your dad, then you yeah. kind of went and yeah, alienated so your mother. Yeah, and then I go over to live with my dad, and then my dad's got all this hurt and baggage and pain, so he bleeds that onto me because we didn't have boundaries at the time. Right. So then I'm alienated from my mother. Mother, mm -hmm. yeah. You know? So it was a cycle right. that just kept going. Well, now this is the safe parent. No, wait, this one's the safe parent. And it's like, when does the cycle end? Jennifer, I know these situations are never easy, but for you, why wasn't Dizzy in your kids' lives? Well, we were very, very young. That pretty much just takes up a big part of it, being young and being immature and not knowing, do I want to be a parent today or do I want to kind of hang out with my friends? Being way too young to handle you know, these very big adult things like yeah. getting married and having a family. When you look back, would you change anything? There's a whole lot I would change. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Not really having a whole lot of guidance along the way and just flying by the seat of your pants. It doesn't always go very well. We don't always act like, you know, adults because we're not adults. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Was there anything that Dizzy shared with us that you might feel differently about? I feel differently about our whole situation. I mean, I think we can both agree that we had no idea the impact that yeah. it would take on the children. I mean, because yeah. we were so wrapped up in, he said, she said that you have no idea the impact that later can take over with the children. No thought in my head. I don't think his either. We were too wrapped up in the immaturity and the drama. When Ashlyn reconnected with her father, how did that make you feel? I wasn't thrilled because, you know, you just, you keep those memories, those angry memories, and you just, you hold on to them. Right. <laughs> you just assume, well, you know, Surely he couldn't have grown up, you know? <laughs> right. How does it make you feel to see your daughter having the ability to have access to you, have the ability to have access to her father, and she's seemingly very happy? I couldn't be happier. I'm so just incredibly proud because she's the one who brought a whole lot of this together because, I mean... <laughs> She's way more of an adult than we were at this age. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Jennifer? That's usually how it goes. Absolutely. You know, Willow's far more mature than I could have ever thought to be at exactly. her age. So Got I totally soul. understand. Yeah. Hello, you, know, <laughs> you know, sometimes it takes our kids to teach us, you yeah. know? Out of the mouth of babes. Yeah. Jennifer, do you think there will ever be a time where you might forgive Dizzy? I already have. We are so entirely different people yeah. than we were way back then. I mean, that's been 
I won't say how many years, but it's been a few. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. I have to say what you're sharing now gives me a lot of hope that there can be healing for other families. I totally agree with Gam. It takes a lot of courage to be able to share the story of your family. And that's not easy. I promise you this is going to help so many people. I just don't want anyone to go through what we went through. Learn from our mistakes. Thank you, Ashlyn. I thank your mother, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. I thank your father, Dizzy. We wish continued healing for you and your family. Absolutely. Blessings, blessings, blessings for sure. My goodness, how many people are going through this epidemic? Unfortunately, I have so many friends that are going through this exact situation right now, and it's really bad. Melissa has not had a relationship with her three children in three years after a difficult divorce. First of all, let me just say, I am so sorry that you were going through this. Thank you. I cannot imagine not seeing my children for three years. Yeah. Alyssa sat down with Dr. Amy Baker, author of Surviving Parental Alienation and one of the world's leading experts on this epidemic. Dr. Amy counsels alienated parents on how to communicate with their children. Hey, Alyssa. Hi. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about your kids and sort of what happened. I have three children. They're 14, 16, and 18 currently. I was married for 17 years. At the end of my marriage, things got um, very tumultuous. There were some events that took place that were pretty traumatic um, where I was removed from my home immediately. There was a restraining order with my ex-husband, and so I was not able to have any contact with him or be anywhere near him or be anywhere near my home. And through that process, I lost my relationship with my children. And I'm trying desperately to work on how to reunite with them. I think the hardest thing for a targeted parent to hear is, I don't want to talk to you. Sometimes I feel like I can hear my ex-husband, his voice in them. And and that's really hard for me. Oh, yeah. It is helpful to remember that it is coming from the other parent. The kids are the messenger, but the message is coming from the other parent. The natural thing to do if you're accused of something that's false is to say, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. I didn't do that. But all of those things are unhelpful Mm because if you tell a child that's not true, you're basically calling your child a liar but you don't have to apologize and you don't have to argue. There is something else to do. It's called the five steps. Step one, you thank your child. You should feel grateful because if your child's bringing a complaint to you, it means they care enough to share that feeling with you. Because the alternative is your child complains about you to the other parent. The second step is to be compassionate. Pay attention to what your child is feeling and you reflect it back. Like, I can see how mad you are thinking that I, whatever it is. Step three is called empathy. It's where you put yourself in his shoes. If I believed what you believed, I'd be feeling what you're feeling. (laughs) Then you get to step four, where you get to say your truth. Most of the time, the accusation is subjective. You don't listen to me, you don't love me, you're mean to daddy. It's your fault the marriage ended. And then you say, I see that differently, very calmly. And then you end step five with a recap, more gratitude, compassion, and empathy. So you would say, I understand that you think X happened and that's why you're so upset. And I'm so grateful you're telling me because now I know where you're coming from. And if you can do those five steps, parents tell me it works because the child feels 
cared about. You know wow. what stuck out in that for me, Alyssa, when you said that sometimes when they're sharing with you what they're feeling, what you hear is your husband's oh, voice yeah. and his influence. That was so real. Feelings. It's so hard. I have a friend that's going through the exact same thing that you're going Sorry. through right now. Sometimes that person will retext back and say to me, this is my partner. This is not mm -hmm. even my freaking kids. Right. Having kids feel like they can disrespect the other parent mm -hmm. is really hard. I've seen kids literally curse their parents out. Unfortunately, it's crazy. what would seem like the right thing to do turns out often not to be helpful. The idea that if a child disrespects you, you should say, how dare you be nasty, rude, disrespectful right. to me? That actually does not work. So there's a lot really? of this, because if your child's being disrespectful, certainly in alienation cases, the child's coming from a place of anger and hurt. Mm -hmm. And if you start by reacting to their bad behavior, you're just saying, I don't really care where you're coming from. I just don't want you to be rude to me. Exactly. Yeah. I encourage my clients to start by saying, wow, you must be really upset with me. Yeah. And then you describe what they're doing in non-shaming, non-blaming ways, rather than saying you're being rude, you're being nasty, you say, you're talking in a way that doesn't feel good for me, or I don't wanna be cursed at, or you're talking very loud and it's hurting my ears. And then you invite the child to tell you what's going on without right. that behavior. Right. Tell me yeah. what's going on in a way that can work for me. Yeah. And yeah. you're role modeling to them, yeah. hopefully one day, mm -hmm. how to stand up to the alienator. Got exactly. it. Yeah. Alyssa, what do you love about being a mom? Oh, sorry. I had my kids when I was 24, and so they were my everything. It's the little things, make them their breakfast or have that hug. Being able to see the world through them and to experience it with them is everything. Yeah. And so when that is taken away, you feel empty. Sometimes I define alienation as where one parent gives the child permission to break the other parent's heart. Yeah. Wow. That's exactly it. That protection order with my husband restricted me from being around my children because they were still living in the home. If he would be where they were, I couldn't be at those events. Dr. Amy, does this happen regularly? It happens so often that I tell my clients, pack a bag, have it ready, have cash. I'm not saying drain the bank accounts, that's not proper, but have some money set aside, have a plan, and be prepared that it could happen. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's very easy to get a temporary restraining order. Anybody can show up in court and claim to be a victim. Now, many people actually are. Right. I'm certainly not saying everybody who asks for a restraining Train order is right. faking it, but when somebody does, it's very hard for the system to detect right. a true and a false claim. The system is designed to err on the side of caution to protect people. What that means is pretty much anybody can get a temporary restraining order. The person who is the accused uh, perpetrator is not notified. It's called an ex parte motion. You go to to the judge without the other person even knowing. They don't have an opportunity to say their side of things. Then in three days, there's a hearing. At that point, the accused person is notified and they do show up, hopefully. However, and this is so important for people to understand, 
attorneys often tell the person, oh, just sign it, make this, the, you know, it's not a big deal, no problem, don't fight it, you'll lose anyway. A lot of attorneys aren't really prepared to take that three-day hearing and treat it like the most important thing in somebody's uh, life. Yeah. And then what happens is, Everybody assumes, well, they wouldn't have signed it if they weren't really guilty. So there's this stain, you know, this cloud that hangs over people. The kids think, well, mom wouldn't have signed it. The judge wouldn't have said this is a, a restraining order if mom wasn't really guilty. And this happens all the time is even if the kids aren't on the restraining order, in other words, it's just between the two parties, if the person who supposedly needs to be protected is always with, with the, the kids, kids. Yeah. then yes. the other parent isn't allowed to be with the kids. So it's effectively interrupting their ability to have contact with their yeah. children. Right. I'm really hoping and praying yeah. that this gets resolved mm -hmm. for you and for your children. I feel like every child needs their mom yes. and their dad. So I'm really hoping that that happens for you. Thank you so much, Thank you guys. Melissa Thank you. and Dr. Amy. Maybe we should go back yeah, a little. Yeah, bit. You, okay. guys, okay. you guys can sit back. Thank y'all. Thank, Thank y'all for having yeah, me. Thank you for coming and having so, your testimony. I'm inviting you all. Okay. Because we're doing Babyface and Teddy Riley versus tour. Oh no! I gotta really? come. Yes. Okay, you gotta let us know. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.